0: so first guys I just want to welcome you all to the alpha talk Tuesday this is a weekly uh, podcast to connect empower and inspire enlightened minds to pursue their best so today's topic is is going to be one of the things that we talk about today. But as I mentioned, we have Brother Lamar on the call as well. Now, to give you some insight on Brother Lamar, he actually is the CEO of BFA Records, which is a uh, Christian Christian uh, music record. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting tongue twisted. It's a Christian record label that is producing some really, really good music and they have some really good sounds right now. The funny thing about this guy too is he actually has the same birthday as me, as well as a lot of our life story has similarities. So um, yeah, so meet Brother Lamar. So if you can, Brother Lamar, can you just share a quick little thing about how you and I met really quick? (laughs) Got
1: the <laughs> so yeah. how's everybody doing my name is murray um, you know, CEO, I'm watching, I'm watching, um, and you know how me and team brother uh you know it, it, it was crazy um so the crazy thing is my wife is actually really you know so you know um i ended up going to the church you know that people and um you know, when we, we seen each other and you know, then started talking and still laughing and you know? all. And then when we found out we had a same birthday, it was it was amazing. It was like, wow, it's, and then we shared similarities of our, our you know, our laugh like, and life. And it just it was a blessing, you know,
0: to find out that there's someone out there that's like similar to you me. Know? Yeah, and it's crazy because a lot of the things that we've experienced, it's like this so crazy how similar these things are. And we'll go into that stuff later on. That's not really the focus of what we're going to be talking about today. But the whole point of this Alpha Talk Tuesday message, this call, is more so, hold on, let me just fix something really quick. There we go. So the whole focus of this weekly podcast. I keep saying call because for those of you who are on the prior calls, Alpha Talk Tuesday, you know that it was called Alpha Talk Power Call. And it was more so centered around a call where I would give a message and it would be an encouraging message that would give us some type of instruction, insight to be able to move forward in our journey. So this format that we're doing now is going to be more so centered around a podcast where we'll be Having um, co-hosts, we'll have guest speakers. We'll have specific messages. It's going to be a little bit more of like a like like a conversation, but also it's going to have a feel of like a live studio audience, and that's kind of like the vision down the road. But for now, we just want to we just want to just dis- disrupt some of these conversations that we're hearing in people's minds as well as what we see in the world. So that's really the, like, the reason I'm even doing this is more so a response to what I feel needs to happen based on what I'm seeing in the world right now. And just some of the individuals around me, I feel like there's, we, there's just something that is attacking a lot of us. And I wanted to create this space to be able to bring these brilliant minds together so that we can discuss what we're battling as well as how we're overcoming it through the Word of God. So like I mentioned before, these topics will range from um, our faith to family, finances. We'll talk about business and entrepreneurship, relationships. And for those of you who even have kids, you know, we will touch on things like that. But the real focus of this podcast is just to be a relatable um, platform to be able to discuss some of these things. So the topic I have for today... This is gonna be really interesting. Let me just pull it up right now. So the topic I have for today is actually a really simple one. I don't even have too many notes on this because me and brother Lamar just wanted to be discussing this. So let me just fix this really quick because, hold on. I I think people are seeing this thing. I don't know how to mirror, how to fix. Oh, here we go, okay change video background okay that's the right way for this show okay so what's happening is there there are a lot of people who are battling with their faith right now and they're trying to figure out if they're all in or all out and this is a battle that while many may not are they may not say that they're having this battle but there are a lot of people who are, who may be followers of the Lord who are really, really battling in their faith right now. So, the topic I'm going to kind of bring up for discussion today is going to be titled, O Ye of Little Faith. So, I'm just going to read the scripture. And the scripture is Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27. And we're going to be talking about faith. In the type of faith that Jesus praised and the type of faith that he didn't praise. So anyway, Matthew 8 verses 23 through 27, it says, and I'm reading from the ESV version. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him and saying. Save us, Lord. We are perishing. And he said to them, pay attention to this. This is deep. Now, before I even go into this, I want you to think about who he's talking to. He's talking to the people who are already following him. He's talking to the disciples. And he said to them, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And it was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even wins and see obey him? So the topic for the discussion today is going to be about this point right here where Jesus says, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? So I want us to really think about how God measures faith versus how we measure it and what he looks at as being a sign or evidence of great faith. So, the first thing that came to my mind is, if Jesus said to his disciples, and I know this particular incident is earlier on in their ministry, when they started walking with the Lord, he said to them, "Oh, you of little faith. Now, I'm sure that there were some miracles that happened before that that did kind of validate why Jesus was worthy of being followed as well as him having power. Hold on one second, let me just turn this brightness up. I'm sure that there were other instances of why they should believe in him, but he rebukes them and says, why are you afraid of you of little faith? So Lamar, you know, before I even go into this, I want like when you hear that scripture and you hear the Lord say that to His disciples, like, what does that make you think?
1: Well, it's crazy because uh, I was reading that scripture too. Um, to me, oh, wow. you know, um, I feel like uh, when He was saying that to the disciples, uh, I, I, I feel like you know, uh, like He was saying, I feel like. Um, to me, I feel like when he was saying that to you them, know, uh, he was just pretty much saying, like, you know, like, um, why, why, why are you afraid? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why are you not trusting? You know what I'm saying? Like, and it seems like when that little incident happened, it just seems like it just, like, they, they kind of, like, shook them Like, they didn't know what, you know, what to do. It's like, kind of, like, they totally forgot who he was for the moment, you know what I'm saying, or like, who
0: he is for the moment. Man, that's really good. And how many of us, you know, in in response to like what he said, he said for the moment, how many of us have walked with God and we've experienced certain things and things happened, and it shook us up. And it's almost like in that moment we 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 forget who we're following. We forget. We become. Uh, I just gotta say we have amnesia right so we have these situations that arise and they kind of shake us up a little bit and we we subconsciously want to look to God however there's almost like this thing where the problem in front of us seems bigger than the God that we choose to follow and when I think about Jesus saying oh you of little faith I see him Assessing our faith based on how big we see him. And I'm going to say that again. He, God, assess our faith based on how we see him. You can't act in confidence towards something that you don't have Mm -hmm. faith in. And what I mean by that is this. If God gives you an instruction and you feel as though it is him saying it and it is him doing it, what's going to reinforce you to move forward and whatever that instruction is, is how big you see him. Because uh, obstacles will arise. Doubt will arise. But based on how big you see God is going to be how much you are going to continue to press. There are so many instances where even myself, I can remember um, even starting out, like, in my, how can I say this? You think of a relatable example. Oh, even when I started the business and I had a different company name and everything, I kind of just started it. And I I didn't hear from, it's like I heard from God, like, oh, start this business. I'm talking about when I first started the company, I just kind of like started the company because I wanted to see what I could do selling fragrances. There's a whole story with that. But I just kind of like started the company and I just pushed. And I don't even know all of the mindset that I had at that time besides what I saw. And what I saw while I was working, because I, while I started my business, I was still working actually at um, for a cell phone company. And when I was working for the cell phone company, all the owners they were Jewish. <laughs> they were all Jewish, and this is crazy, right? So they were they were Jewish, and it was an authorized cell phone carrier. So it wasn't like the the major carriers. It was like the authorized. Like for example, you have T-Mobile and you have T-Mobile authorized. So I was working for a T-Mobile authorized dealer, and I could remember when they would come into the store, and I had to—you know—I was manager at that time. And I remember they came into the store, and it's almost like I'm exposing a few things right now. too. there was a secret language that they taught me how to how to uh, how to disclose the cost price of items. Mm. Wow, there was a secret language that they gave me to be able to disclose the cost price of an item in front of the customer without the customer being able to notice so they share this information with me and the customers right there and they they say to me like for example uh lot seven now i knew lot seven if if they said that that's how much they wanted me to sell the product for let's say the cost price was only like a hundred dollars lot seven basically it basically is half of that, so it's three fifty. So that they, they that meant that they wanted me to try to sell the item for three hundred and fifty dollars, but the cost price was only let's say one hundred dollars. And now the customers right in front of us, they say lot. My Jewish, you know, um, managers, you know, because they were the owners, said to me lot seven. Now I know I got an instruction of what it's selling for. Now in my mind, I'm looking like. You know, like, this customer's not going to pay $350 for this, for this phone. They're not going to pay $350 for this. Mm-mm. But, like, it's kind of like, because they told me that, it's almost like I wanted to show up and kind of, like, show out and be like, you know what? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this because my owners are here. I was like, you know what? Let me try to see if I could sell this for $350. Matter of fact, let's see if I could sell for $400. So it's almost like they would give me 350, Is like in their mind, that was the minimum that they wanted me to sell the item for. But I would end up usually going over that. I would end up going over the 350, let's say I was selling for like, let's say 400 or 500. And what would happen is once the customer left or whatever, um, like this is my past, like, you know, this is sales, it's a whole different conversation. But once the customer left and everything, they were looking at me like, I came, wow, like, whoa. So this kind of built up my confidence to be able to, to continue to sell like that. And I'm like, wow, like, in my mind, I'm thinking this customer may spend that amount, but they end up spending that amount and more. And the point I'm getting at is my faith was... Based on (laughs) my faith at the time, it wasn't really based on, just to be honest, it wasn't based on God. My faith was based on trying to please my manager. So how confident I was was based on what they told me. And it was like, they're, they're, they're basically saying like, you know, good job or like, wow, it encouraged me. It encouraged me. And that encouragement kind of built me up to a point where I was like, you know what, maybe I can do this for myself. Maybe I can start my own business. Because prior to me working at that company, I never had it in my mind to have my own business. But their way of thinking and their way of kind of enforcing some of the ideas, it kind of It kind of encouraged me to like, really be like, you know what, if they can do this, and they're not even like on a certain level, like, you know, as far as like, um, they were mostly business, I'll just say that. They were mostly business minded. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I could do this. So long story short, you know, that encouraged me to start doing my own, you know, business and stuff and, and own company. But when I look back at that, My faith was based on their belief in me. And when you think about faith, when you think about faith, you have to sometimes realize that the reason why you may not be believing God for more is because of the fact that you may be looking for reinforcement from other people. If other people aren't affirming you, If other people aren't affirming you and encouraging you in your journey, that may be the very thing that may be keeping you stagnant. So, like, you know, Lamar, I have a quick question for you, and I'll go right back into this. Like, can you think of a person that encouraged you and it kind of inspired you to keep pushing forward? But there came a point in time where you was like, you know what? I need, I need my, I need to build myself up now. I need to build myself. Up. I have to stop looking outward for encouragement. So, can you think of an instance like that?
1: Well, um, this is um, one of my mentors, His name is Curtis King. Uh, he's a producer, and uh, one thing I like about he doesn't always talk music. He talks about life, himself, and uh, just like you know. Uh, you know, because I'm a new father, he's about that, um, so it was mm-hmm. an instant where um, I was, I was always, it seems like I always tuned into all, all his videos, and I used to always listen to him and everything he did, but then I noticed something, I noticed that, like, I seen it as, I was taking his advice, but it seems mm-hmm. like I was trying to live his life, mm-hmm. instead of just trying to, like, have my own path in uh you know, following God and, and and it's crazy because every time I look I'll listen to his videos and it's something with him, but every time I will listen to his video, it would seem like I won't run to the father. But it was like I was looking at this guy as like, you know, this is the person I need to listen to, you know saying? And it seemed like I was trying to live his life instead of, you know, uh, living my own life.
0: The whole path. Wow, wow. That's so crazy. That's so crazy you said it because for me, even too, the reason why I started the business, it wasn't because I just wanted to make perfumes. It was also because I was trying to make money. And I'm like, okay, these guys are making all this money. They're able to have these cars and stuff that I want. So I'm like, you know what? Like, maybe I have to do what they do. You know, and I was like, since people kept trying to sell me perfume. (laughs) When I was working there, I remember these guys, they used to come in with these boxes and they were trying to sell me fragrances and oils. And I, I, man, I was buying that stuff, man. I was really into it. And like, I was just like, you know what? I'm actually gonna like make my own fragrances. I'm gonna start my own company. But like I said, like my original inspiration was to pursue like having like a, a, a BMW or you know um, Range Rover it was very materialistic because that's what started me that's what inspired me but I could see that there was a conflict that I had inside which kind of I'm going to fast forward a bit to kind of now when I moved back then everything that I did was always based on some type of outward affirmation like you mentioned like your mentor it's almost like Sometimes if they affirmed you in a, in a season prior, they kind of built you up. What happens is because they built you up, it's almost like you lean on them for affirmation rather than leaning on God. And what happens is if they, if you feel as though they don't see your growth or they're not seeing you move forward or or they have kind of like critiques or whatever their examinations of you are, you can end up being hindered in your own faith walk because you're allowing a human being to be the basis of your faith. And it's so crazy because I dealt with this like, you know, for a while, like I had to be delivered of faces because there would be certain times where I would share ideas, concepts, or just whatever my creation was, projects, whatever it was, with certain people of influence in my life. And if they didn't respond a certain way, it would actually discourage me. And I would like kind of like secretly be assessing, you know what, maybe like I can do this differently. Oh, maybe I need to change this. I need to change that. Instead of me getting instruction from God and just moving forward and allowing the process of uh, the journey to like kind of, you know, perfect those things, I would be looking at people as confirmation that I'm moving in the right direction. Now, there is a ministry, of course, you know, God wants us to be as wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. We should know certain things about, you know, this human nature, have some insight and wisdom. However, God wants us to completely, completely believe in him and move. The reason why, going back to the scripture, the disciples, um, were amazed is because they didn't see anybody else calm a storm. They didn't see anybody else calm a storm. They didn't see anybody else rebuke the winds. So they their faith was based on what they saw as power at that time. And and for to be honest, it could have been like them seeing the Pharisees. You know, you are seeing the Pharisees. These are the so-called religious leaders at the time. And if what. They're doing looks like the powerful life where they have influence, they have uh, affluence, which is wealth and materialize and they have spiritual um, influence and all these things. If the disciples were used to that type of influence being the priority, here you have someone that's Jesus, the son of God, coming, and he's over here uh, calming storms, you like, hold up, hold up. I haven't experienced this before. Like this is something different. Like, hold up. Like, okay, like I was with the Pharisees and I looked up to them or whatever. And I thought that they were walking in a power because they had the word and instructions and they had, you know, the temple, whatever else. But here, Jesus comes and he's like, first of all, he's not even selling one thing, he's not even celebrating the temple. He's he's honoring its purpose, but he's not celebrating it. He's more focused on the people that were trying to get in and trying to actually pray and and so forth. But God, Jesus was focused on the people. He had a heart for the people. So the disciples, they're following this man that has a heart for the people. And he's walking and, and doing miracles. And they're like, hold on, like, okay, wow. Like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. And the reason why... <laughs> the reason why They kept having these um, Battles with their faith Is because Jesus came from another realm You gotta understand that Jesus was in heaven Prior to coming to earth So when he came from heaven to earth His perspective was already perfected Like he already knew He already knows the beginning and, and From the end and everything So when he came from came to earth from heaven his perspective was like this is not where everything ends so when he was able when he saw a problem he saw an issue he was he already knew that he had authority over that he know he had authority over that which kind of leads me into my second point which the question was i wanted to know like okay if this if jesus said to his own disciples oh you have little faith i want to know whose faith was praised and I want to know why it was praised. So when you think about this, and the two people that, um, yeah, the two people that surprised Jesus with, with, it, with their faith was a Roman officer, a Gentile, a Roman officer, a Gentile. Let me see if I can find a scripture really quick. I need, I need to find this, hold one Because I want to read the scripture to you guys, because I want to highlight something. one second cuz Jesus praised the faith of a Roman officer Oh here per- oh wow that's in the same same chapter that's crazy wow Oh man that's that's a whole man that's crazy this is in the same chapter that he calmed the storm wow Oh, perfect. Okay, so I'm going to, this is Matthew chapter 8, verse starting at verse 5. So it says, when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, now pause. This is a Roman centurion. This is someone who does not follow the Lord, um, like, by covenant. This is someone who was literally probably in the midst. He's in the audience. He could have been one of the guards to make sure the peace was being kept. Who knows how he was aware of these conversations that the Lord was having. But anyway, he was in the crowd. And he says to Jesus, Lord. that's that. I could preach on that right there. Anyway, continuing on. So he says, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, once again, he he called him by his title, Lord, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too, now I'm going to pause right here for a second, because he starts to give his testimony a little bit similar to how David gave his testimony before slaying Goliath. Remember before David... Uh, Slay Goliath, he gave a testimony of how he had to fight the bear and uh, some other animal. I don't forgot what it, it was a bear and a tiger or a lion, whatever. He fought them and slayed them. So before he states his authority, he states his testimony. So anyway, the, the, the Saturian replies For I too, once again, sharing his testimony, am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled, he marveled, he marveled, he, and said to those who followed him, this is deep, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac and, Jake, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the centurion Jesus said, Until the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed and his servant was healed at that very moment. So to touch on this really quickly, this is a Roman officer. This is not someone of the promise. He was not Jewish. It's a, a Roman centurion who obviously saw power at work. He saw protocol at work. So he, this, when he acknowledges the Lord, he doesn't just say to him, Master, Rabbi, he says, Lord. So obviously, the Roman centurion recognized that this man was walking under some authority that he may have not known fully, and it shows the, also the humility because <laughs> he said, you know what, like Lord, like you know what, like I I, I know you have power and I know you can do this, but I, you're not like I'm not worthy that you're coming to my house. Pretty much like he could have had whatever stuff going on in his house, he knew that he his lifestyle did not match the request that he was making. But Jesus still praised his faith. Now, this is the deepness, right? Jesus said to his own disciples, he said, I have not seen such great faith. Now, the question is, why did Jesus praise this man's faith? A lot of, some people will say, oh, it's because uh, he, he was a soldier, he had authority, and he understood protocol. Some will say that. Some will say, oh, it's because, um, you know, he was confident enough to be amongst the people who, you know, the Jews and stuff, because like back then at that time, supposedly the Jews were frowned upon by the, the Gentile nations, they were frowned upon. Basically, they frowned upon each other. That's a whole different conversation. But Jesus praised this man because he understood the power of the Word. He understood the power of the Word. He took the Word as being final. How many of us have a problem with taking the Word to be final? This Roman centurion officer was praised because he took the Word as the authority. He was like, you know what? I see that he commands things to happen and things happen. He saw that and he understood that Jesus used word. He didn't just move his hand and, you know, whatever, like he spoke. And there were things that happened. And how many of us have an issue with allowing God's word to be the final authority to be what we speak? We read the word. And a lot of us still doubt in our heart because we, we're, secretly we're not taking it as the final authority. Like somebody gets you angry, you get frustrated, someone does you wrong. And you feel as though you are able to respond in flesh because you have it. But you have not looked at the word as being a final authority on how you can respond. And a lot of us don't even realize the reason why so many of us battle, and this just came to me the reason why so many of us battle in our faith is because we keep, because we are allowed to, because we allow our flesh, we allow our nature, our emotions to kind of be the guide for how we respond rather than the word. Jesus taught us how to deal with people who hurt us. Jesus taught us how to deal with financial lack. Jesus taught us how to deal with unforgiveness and so forth. He taught us how to deal with it. But a lot of us keep trying to do things based Once again, we keep trying to do things based on what people have affirmed us in or what we have seen others do. We're not allowing the word to train us on how to respond. And this is the reason why we have faith problems because we keep trying to double dip. We keep trying to have one toe in our own way of doing things and another toe in the kingdom. So we say, okay, because I follow Jesus, I can still kind of like do my own thing. But like, I'm not like, I know Jesus told me to, to love my enemy and to bless those who persecute me. I know he said that, but like there had to be more context. No, exactly what he said, that's what you do. A lot of us, we keep trying to intellectualize the commandments of God. We keep trying to, like, ah, no, it's exactly what he said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And this is the reason why our faith is under attack, because a lot of us, we don't really want to do that. We don't really want to do that. And like this Roman officer, he took the word as being final. And this is the type of faith that God is looking for in these times. He's looking for people who take the word as being final. People who look at Jesus and say, "You know what? Like, I want to do X, Y, Z, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I love, I love my Lord. I love my Lord, and I want to be like Him. Let me just do what He told me." And and the reason why we don't do that is because people are front, the people around us. Instead of kind of holding us accountable, you know, because they should be in their word too, you know, if you're a believer, you know, I hope you are, but if you're not, you know, I pray that you know this message will encourage you, but the people around you either affirm you or they hold you accountable, it's one of the two, it's always one of those two actions, the people around you will either affirm you, which is they allow you to do certain things, they allow you to be a certain way, or they hold you accountable. And if you're around people who only always affirm you, you don't understand that this actually can hinder you your faith. Because there, if there's not a challenge to think more, to be more, to believe God for more, uh, to believe for a better marriage, to believe for uh, better finances, to believe for better health, if you don't have people around you who challenge you to believe more, there'll always be like a gap in your faith. <clears throat> So the first person that Jesus praised the faith of uh, faith of was the Roman officer. Now you know I have a question for you, Lamar. Like, how do you feel about that? As far as like what I just mentioned, as far as Jesus praising the faith of this Roman officer, like how do you think that? it is like It's mind blowing because you know,
1: uh, like we, this this is God. I mean, like, you know, just think about it, like, this is God, so, like, for, so for Jesus to, like, talk oh. to the guards and to, like, just be, you know, you know, to be mind blown up what the guard is saying to Jesus because of how the guard has authority, you know, it, it, it just, it, it, it blows my mind because it's like, yo, ultimately, this is God we're talking about, you know
0: what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah exactly like like officers like anybody that has worked in the military they know if you get a commandment well i don't want to say commandment if you get a command from your senior officer whoever's over you there is no back and forth there is no back and forth like whatever that instruction is you follow it you carry it out even if you don't if you disagree with it because like whatever army you join there is a special Document that you sign that technically you don't have too much of a personal opinion anymore. You're ordered to follow orders. How many believers have that mindset where what God says, like, is, I'm no longer my own. I no longer own myself. Like the Word is my final authority. You know, if God commands you to do something, and you're like, you know what, like, ah. Uh, Like, God, you know, I'm going to try to do it a different way. Like, that's, (laughs) we we try to do things a different way. And we wonder why we stay in certain seasons or why we don't have more power and authority. It's because you, in in order for you to be able to exercise authority, you have to be under. Now, this is a whole different conversation because this is a principle that a lot of individuals don't understand. Like, David, I'm just going to use an example of David really quick. David was under the authority of someone that kept attacking him just to be honest with you he was under Saul he was under his authority and David understood that there was a process that God was taking him through and um, humbling him by keeping him under a person that opposed him from time to time and that you know may, may have seen him a certain way can you be under a situation that disagrees with you? Can you stay humble enough to allow God to minister to you and humble you and teach you while, and train you on how he do, how he does things? Like a lot of us are afraid to be under authority. And this is another thing, especially with millennials now, you know, me being one of them because of just to be frank, you know, men not being in a house and there just being so many attacks on manhood as well as like just the family. There have been so many, there's just a, a lack of respect for authority. So when we hear the word authority and we see men who are walking in authority and power, sometimes we can be intimidated by that and actually resist it. But God is looking for people and he wants us, even though like there may be things that you may disagree with your leadership or your government, whoever's over you, whatever you're under, you may disagree with certain things, but when you understand like I'm not my own anymore, I no longer own myself. I can't just make decisions on my own, even if I want to, you understand that you take the word, and I'm talking about the word of God now, you know, bringing this back to the word, you take the word of God as being a final authority because you realize that you are no longer your own possession, you no longer represent yourself, you represent the king so when you are not exercising great faith, privately and publicly, you actually are hindering the faith of others like you want to be around people who believe God for more who are walking in just um, a high level of trust. Like if you're around people who constantly, constantly just battle with their faith and they constantly like question, like, yo, I don't know, man. Like, yo, this is just too much. Like, yo, like, like this conversation, you don't realize it, but it's doing something to your soul. It's actually training your soul for defeat. And you don't even realize it because like, You want to be around, like you want to get the word of God in you so much and like make sure you're around people who, like everybody struggles, I struggle, like trust and believe it, like I have had doubts, I have had battles, so don't let me make it seem like, like I don't have battles, like I have battles and everything, but the principle I'm sharing with you is the conversations that you have around you. You don't want to be around people who constantly have defeated conversation and are battling with their faith. Because subconsciously, this is training you to have almost like there's a way out mentality. Well, you know, I can just give up. You know, like, you know, I quit, I'm done. And like, there may be times when you may feel that way, because like I said, none of us are perfect. We all have our battles and everything. But you you have to surround yourself with people in conversations that reinforce your faith and cause you to see God is bigger. So I'm gonna to move to this the second person that Jesus actually kind of he, he kind of praised her faith somewhat. He marveled at her faith. Let me go to a really quick the Canaanite woman. Hold on. I'm gonna to touch on this too because this is a this is another piece. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so this is going to be from Matthew 15, verses 21. Okay, Matthew 15, starting at verse 21. And this is going to be another point I'm going to touch on. You know, we're we're almost done here. But it says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. I'm gonna pause here for a quick second. Notice that both of these individuals, the Canaanite woman and the Roman centurion, approached the Lord on behalf of someone else. Let that marinate for a second. I wanna just just pause, we need to do a Selah, just for a quick second. The two people that Jesus marveled that the faith was both of these individuals and approached the Lord on behalf of someone else. I let that sink in. Continuing on, and behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Now remember the common thing also with the other Roman Tyranny? he called um, "He called Jesus Lord. This Canaanite woman also, she called Jesus Lord. So they recognized something. Do we recognize something? Anyway, She came before him and saying, Lord, help me. But he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So once again, we have Jesus Basically, <laughs> Jesus being amazed at the faith of a person that technically was not of the promise. There are some, now, what I'm going to say right now, this is going to be very um, straightforward. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ who feel entitled to the promises of God. They feel entitled as if God has... To do this, God must do this. Oh, like it's almost like it's this kind of like um, spiritual laziness where we feel as though God just has to do everything, and there's not anything on our part that has to be done as far as faith. I'm not talking about works because the works of the cross have validated the um, have validated the works. I'm talking about the faith, the the work of faith in responding to the instructions of God. I'm talking about obeying his commandments, his instructions that he gives to you personally. So Jesus realizes that this woman, once again, she's not of the promise. And she is wise and shrewd because her response is, this is deep, a lot of people miss this because Jesus actually gave this instruction. I'm gonna touch on that in a second. Jesus, I'm sorry, she says, well, Jesus says to her, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And this is her reply, which is true. Very, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's clever. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So once again, she's doing a few things. One, she's humbling her, herself. She didn't even say like, Lord, but come on, like, you know, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. <laughs> come on, just help me, Lord, just help my daughter, please, like, I'm a good person, you know, like, I, I I go to the charities here and there, no, she recognized her position, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table, so she recognizes that Jesus is also Lord, and she humbles herself, and she says that, and then Jesus says, oh, woman, great is your faith, so he's, he's amazed that she will be willing to humble herself, as well as have such a shrewd response. Now, this is another thing. Like the children, like Jesus told us that we will be sent out as sheep amidst wolves, and to be as wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. So, one of the things he was teaching us, and this and this all ties into faith. Jesus told us to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. To be as wise as a serpent is knowing how the world works. Knowing the system. But that's that's the wise as a serpent part. So it's like you know the system. You know how things operate behind the scenes. But the harmless as a dove part is when you use that knowledge to glorify God. And to bring deliverance to his people. So it's taking the insight because this is an area where a lot of us battle. You know, we we believe God and you know, we're following him, but we're not gaining certain wisdom and insight that we need to really thrive spiritually. And this is another reason why a lot of us battle in our faith is because we lack wisdom and insight on things that God wants us to press into. Like for example, God may be pressing you to go back to school to become an engineer. And there may be certain things you're like, God, I don't want me to go back to school to become no engineer. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Do you know what engineers do? They actually, they learn a lot about mathematics, geometry and all this stuff, basically almost like designers, but they learn the mechanics of design, how it works from a physics perspective. So an engineer has to build, they have to think, similar to our father who was a creator. So if the Lord instructs you to go back to school to become an engineer, he's trying to get you to have certain insight so that you can serve him with that knowledge. And this is the reason why, like going back to this woman, she had, she was clever enough to be able to know how to respond, to be able to receive. And we as children of God, like we have to be clever enough to be able to know how to receive. And what I mean by that is like God, God is so good, but He's not li- He's not limited by you. So He's not limited by you. And what I mean that by that is a lot of us put God into a box. Like He can only do this one way. He can only do this one way. But we have to see, like, no, God can do it however He wants to do it. If He wants to heal me, He can rub my eyes and... Um, you know, say you're healed, walk away, or he may be, he may have me go into the pool and, and dip my head seven times, come back up, and that is how I may get healed. You don't know exactly how God is going to do that thing for you, but we have to build up our faith through prayer, study, worship, spending time around people who. Um, affirm and hold you accountable because you need to have a mix you don't want to only have people who hold you accountable you also want to have people affirm you you need to have a mix so these are the things that build up our faith so that we can be able to receive the promises of God so I mean we're all we're almost done here but like um, I just wanted to see if we had any re- like remarks on this topic Lamar anything you wanted to share any experiences whatever um, I mean, all I only only have to say is it's, it's, uh,
1: this is actually, yeah, everything you so true, You know, uh, uh, about study my Bible study, you know, what I said was uh, I was saying about faith. I said, you know, um every example, you know, uh, your morning, you know, you know, the way you start your morning then you know, you know, are you going to start into worrying? Are you going to, start, is the first thing on your mind going to be, oh, you know, like, how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to do this? Or are you going to wake up in the morning and give thanks to God and know that you have faith in Him, that, you know, you're going to get to work on time, you know, don't care, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, ultimately, I, I definitely agree with these stories they tie up that. You know, they definitely tie up that. You know, um, the calm of the storm, you know, the story that you just, is telling like how you know she humbled herself, you know and, it, and it's so crazy because as i'm reading it's crazy that uh it's amazing how like how jesus set that up you know that was like when we were talking about that it's amazing how when uh he is when he says it's not good to take the children's well you know it's not good to take the children's bread and don't dogs and then she was you know what I'm saying? Ain't it crazy how he set that up? It's kind of like, like, you know, he knew, like he wanted to know what her reaction would be, you know what I'm saying? Wow. So it kind of just, it, kinda just it, it, it blows my mind to see that. It's like, you know, he set that up to see what her reaction was going to be. Was she going to have a, uh, oh Lord, but you got to do this for me, or was she going <laughs> to humble herself to have a, wow. a, a, a correct reaction and she, she went with the second. She had the humbling reaction, you know? She didn't have the worldly reaction. She had the humbling reaction, you
0: know? And I, I'm just, I'm mind blown. I'm mind blown. yeah. Wow. Um, you know what? It's, I, I'm so happy you said it because basically what you're saying is he was saying that and he was testing her to see what her response and reaction would be. There are a few instances, and I won't go into all of that, where the Lord actually tests his disciples, his followers, those people who are coming after him. He tests them. And I'm gonna share something before I even share these examples. I never saw, I never saw that as being a good thing, to be honest with you. I'm just gonna because this, I'm like. I'm learning a lot from God, you know, from his word, uh, and like this stuff is killing my flesh, just to be honest with you. It's destroying a lot of the ideologies and concepts that even I have believed myself. Because I used to feel like when you test someone, you, you like, for example, like let's say, for example, you know, you may test your kid. You may say like, you know what? I was gonna take you to the mall today, but you need to behave, you know? And you're saying that because you want to take them to the mall, but you're gonna see if they are going to behave. It's almost like you're testing them. And there was a part of me that because of like things in the past that happened to me, I used to feel like that was like like some kind of form of like subtle manipulation. And like I said, like that was my mindset. But when I look at the scriptures, I see that God tests people by doing certain things in a way where it's, it's, not, it's not impure, it's totally pure, but he wants to siphon out what's in the heart. And one of those examples is this, when Jesus was, he told the disciples to go to the other side, he went up on the mountain, he prayed, and it was around three o'clock in the morning or so, they said, I believe it was the third or fourth watch, and they're in this storm, and it says that Jesus was walking on the water but it was all, it was as if he was going to walk past. Now, that's one instance. Another instance is when he had resurrected and he was walking with the two people from Emmaus. And it's, it says in the scriptures that he was going, he was walking as, like, after they had the conversation and he opened up the scriptures to them, they said that he appeared as if he was going to keep walking or going somewhere else. But pretty much, they, they was like, no, 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 like, come stay with us. So anyway, like, basically what I'm getting at is sometimes the Lord will test you to see how you respond and to see your reaction. To see how, like, he may give you an instruction. Okay, Hakeem. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, let's say, for example, I'm going to use a recent, recent story, right? Now, I, I just use an example. I'm just not gonna go into details. So let's imagine God gives you an instruction to a child. Oh, go to the mall tomorrow. There's gonna be a person there that has a been known to give out money or whatever. And let's just say you were praying. You were praying to God about money. You were having a money issue. <clears throat> you were stressed out about something. And then all of a sudden, maybe like 20 minutes after that prayer to God, like a young child calls you saying that there's going to be a certain person at a certain place that next day. And you're you, you you're like, oh man, but it's going to be a lot of people there. If this person has been known to give away X amount of money, they're a millionaire or whatever, you may be having doubts in your mind like, oh, it's going to be a lot of people there. They may not see me and everything. But this is the thing. A lot of people think that them... Going to that place the next day is the test. Mm, mm, mm. Sometimes the test is your response to the subtle instruction. Sometimes he's examining to see your thought process. Okay, are you going to like, okay, this thing may come, you may not have confidence in this particular incidence. Like, you know, whatever, like, if, like, the child you the instruction you know there's going to be a person in this place tomorrow and you just prayed about money you may be a little bit confused about it so you may pray to God and say like Lord like you know what's going on like can you affirm this can you confirm this like could you validate this and you <laughs> in, in your mind you're like conflicted and the Lord is watching you to see how you respond if you just kind of like brush it off like oh that's not God oh that's definitely not God Or you say, you know what, Lord, like, I'm going to stay close to you to see if this is what you want me to do. I'm going to lean in and I'm going to stay close to you. Sometimes it's the the leaning in and the staying close that he wants to see. He tests you to see if you're going to stay close or if you're going to walk away and doubt him and, and think because your mind has trained you to feel like something isn't going to happen. It's that like you just follow what you feel rather than staying close to see what he's trying to say, he may say, you know what, go ahead and go to that place tomorrow. He may he may not say do that. But the real test is to see if you stay close to him. Hmm, hmm, hmm. If you're willing to stay close and to see where he's leading you. And this is the reason why, wow, we're almost over, we're over actually, but it's okay. Um, He's he's test he's testing you to see if you stay close to him and if you are still sensitive enough to the instruction. And a lot of us are afraid to do that. You know, and that's like a whole different conversation for another day as far as why we're afraid. But a lot of us have limited perspectives in a small shrunken image of our father. And in this season and time now that we are in, we need, we need to be, um, we need the word to give us a bigger picture of Him. We need to understand more about Him. We need our ideologies, concepts, philosophies, whatever these preconceived notions that we have in our mind of Him. We need a lot of these things to, to be destroyed, to be obliterated, because they're hindering us from being able to walk in more love, more joy, more faith, more passion, more kindness, more forgiveness. We need a lot of these things to be confronted because these ideas, a lot of these things that we believe about people, that we believe about God are limiting us. And this is the reason why we have, like I said before, with the Roman officer, he understood authority. He took the word as the final authority. So I'm not closing here. Will you take the word as your final authority? Will you stop trying to be a mixture of two parts? where you're part worldly and part spiritual? Because you want people to affirm you. Are you willing to completely die to yourself and do exactly what the word of God says? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to stop worrying about losing parts of your personality and um, parts, you know, your edge, whatever that is. Are you willing to let all of that go so that you can become what Christ called you to be? Are there parts of you that you're still trying to hold on because you feel as though, you know, oh, I don't do that. I'm not soft, man. I'm not just going to be praying for you. No, I'm not doing that and you feel like these are the ideas and concepts you have in your mind because of what you may have been raised around or what you have been, may have been trained to think. Are you willing to let all of this go and become exactly what the Word of God says? To do exactly what Jesus said Will you take His Word, will you stop trying to do things your way and you start going to the Word for instructions? Okay, you have a money problem. What did Jesus do when He had a money problem? What did the prophets do when they had a money problem? If you have an issue with um, communicating with your wife, how did Jesus communicate with his wife, (laughs) which is us, the church, like, (laughs) or husband or children, whatever the issue is, are you willing to stop doing things the way you feel and start going by what the word says let the word be a final authority let the word be a final authority and there may be some books that the Lord may have you to read you know kingdom books you know about how to like let's say for example uh, a kingdom marriage kingdom business whatever it is kingdom do it God's way stop trying to do things uh, like this mix a lot of us, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I just got to really dive into this. Like, a lot of us keep trying to blend, like, you know, I just I really feel like I have to stand this part right here. A lot of us keep trying to blend, and I talked about this recently. How there's a saying in the in um, the body of Christ that is not kingdom, and the statement is this: This is what they say. They say, "Don't be so heavenly bound that you're no your earthly good." Let me tell you something. Do not listen. To that statement, that statement was actually contrived from a song from a country singer. I have it on my um, Alpha Talk website. That was a song that um, was written by a person who battled in his faith. Anyway, I just say it that way. And that son- that song became a saying that people said, "Don't be so heavenly bad; you're no earthly good." That's where they got that from. And people started to take that and use that as a way of saying, like, don't be too spiritual. Basically, that's what they're saying is don't be too spiritual that you're not able to connect with earthly things. That is not biblical. That is not what Jesus instructed his disciples. He told you if you are a friend of this world and you're trying to be a friend of God, he says that you like, I'm sorry, if you are a friend of this world, it says that you are an enemy of God. If you are a friend of this world, you are an enemy of God. So you can't be in two places at the same time. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. So as children of God, which is, you know, if you're listening to this, I pray that you are. If you're not, it's okay. God loves you. This is a welcome invitation. It's a whole new life for you. It's a whole new life for you. You have to be willing to forsake a lot of these things that you feel are, are, significant, that you feel are important, and to start to go by what Jesus says is important. A lot of us have been given gifts, talents, abilities, and wisdom and insight, and we've allowed the world to push us down, in the things that we've experienced to push us down, rather than allowing God to push us up through his word. A lot of us keep trying to do things our own way. I got to keep saying this. We keep trying to do things our own way because the people around us keep trying to do things their own way. If you're around people who don't take the word of God as their final authority and you want to grow spiritually, you have to examine these people that you're around. You want to be around people who take the word of God, like, okay, we all have issues. I said it before. We all have issues. We all battle. I battle. We all battle. Everybody has battles. But if you want to live the abundant life that Jesus mentioned in John 10, you have to be willing to forsake what is important to you in this world. And when I say important, I'm talking about titles, positions, you know, anything that attaches itself to us, saying that you are that and is trying to make you feel as though that is your identity. These things have to be tested. You have to bring these things before the Lord and say, Lord, is this something that's hindering me in my faith? Is this something that's keeping me from experiencing the abundant life that you that you died so that I may have? Everything has to be tested. Everything has to be tested. If it's not what Jesus would do, it has to be tested. So anyway, with that being said, like <laughs> I just had to go on that little rant because I feel like that's something that Um, it it needed to be heard is that we have to have the word of God as our final authority. If you are new to the kingdom or you are trying to come in, understand that the word of God is your final authority. And when you choose to become a follower of Christ, you are literally turning away from this world and you're becoming like, you're becoming like the son of God who is Jesus Christ. You're choosing to become like him. And you're going to have enemies. You're going to be rejected. People are going to look at you crazy sometimes. You're not always going to be invited places. There's going to be certain things that you may not, um, they, they may not connect with you anymore. And you have to embrace all of that and know that there are other individuals who are experiencing the same thing. You are not the only one. You are not the only one. And by choosing to be, uh, to become a friend of God, and to totally become a friend of God, like all in, you are literally saying to this world. I'm not saying to the people. I'm talking about this world and the system and the way it operates. You are saying to this world and the way that it operates. I have like I, I disagree with you. I disagree with you, and I, I don't follow your ways anymore. I understand how your system works. But I'm only going to use your system to bring glory to my God. And that and as long as I'm in this body, I live for the Father. I am not living for myself anymore. So with that being said, um, you know, did you have any final words you wanted to share with the people, Lamar, before we close out? And also really quick, just wanna share something with y'all about BFA. I, I, it's crazy because I was almost like hearing their music when we do the podcast and we put this online and stuff. Um, I I kind of saw their music playing like on interludes and stuff on the podcast, I, like like having like you know like, the songs or snippets of the songs, kind of like playing during like snippets. Uh, I'm sorry, during like interludes or whatever. But we're gonna be doing some really cool things with BFA, so you guys stay tuned for that. But Lamar, did you have any things you wanted to share before we kind of head out to close out today? Uh Yeah, so uh, I, I will
1: leave you guys with this. Um, just continue to have faith in God. Um, and, and don't give up. You know, don't give up the good fight, you know. And know that he's fighting for you. You know, we we, we can't do it. We can't do it alone, you know what I'm saying? Um, and also, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know saying? It's always good to ask for help, you know. Um I, I wish I would have had that advice when I was younger. Uh so for all the younger men out there, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. And uh for the ones that don't, you know, know who Jesus is, um, I would say get to know him, you know. Uh you know, go to your local church, you know, nearby. Uh don't be afraid to walk in and, you know, talk or just sit there for a few or and uh, mm-hmm. um, and Jesus loves you you know, you know just turn from your sins give your life to him and I'm, I'm telling you he's, he's your best friend he's, he'll fight for you he'll listen to you he's your know, shoulder to cry on um, you know like and I, I would just say that you know continue to have faith in you know, him don't hold you know everything everything's going right, to be the right thing to be
0: strong in the fight and, uh, I love you guys. Hey, huh? yeah. talk Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining, man. And like I said, Vic, thank you for those wonderful words, Lamar. Guys, I thank all of you for joining I'll Talk Tuesday today. My intention is for this to get better and better with time and with uh, just this just this time, this time. So thank all of you for joining, guys. Love you guys and be blessed. And remember. That you are. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast today. This is the Alpha Talk Tuesday podcast held every Tuesday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We look forward to you joining us next week. Have a wonderful day and remember that you are.